This is the Everybody's Talking at Once podcast for November 24th, 2020. Welcome to the Everybody's Talking at Once podcast. My name is Drew Messenger Michaels. And I'm Lucio Valentino. And we're here today, guestless and together and alone together with you, dear listener, to talk a little bit about the state of consoles. Um, hey, dude, uh, Generation 9 is here. Is that we... is there an official? I, I always wonder if there's any like weird, I think maybe it's because I grew up with Sega. The Generation thing always seems a little off to me because like I think Sega didn't release... <laughs> A lot of the time, like sure. la- like later on, they kind of did their own thing. Um, before it was, I think Sega and Nintendo, and there, what was the third company before Sony and um, and uh, Microsoft? I feel like there well, was for, some. Third... Well, for a minute there was there was uh, there was Neo Geo, um, and I mean yeah. that's the whole thing is like you and I basically our personal. This is us dating ourselves quite definitively, right? But we our our story with consoles starts Gen three with like the the NES. Yeah, uh, yeah, say right, and and you're mostly talking about Gen Four, which is yeah, like those were the halcyon days of of us playing games as a kid. That would be the SNES and the Genesis, um, and you know then there's then the being, Super Nintendo. Yeah. Is that like because again, some of this stuff seems like it was released one after the other, but nowadays it yeah, it's much closer together, and everything to- is talked about in the same generational scope. So uh, here we are, I guess. So the current. We're down to two, right? Just Microsoft and Sony. As far well, as I mean, Nintendo. Nintendo is still very much in the race. They're just they're they're, they're a little bit off cycle. I don't count right? them because they don't they they don't race. They just do their own thing. And the Switch has been <laughs> this insanely successful thing that like doesn't rely on what console wars are about, which maybe we could talk about or not talk about. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what's interesting, right? The way the way if you like go to the Wikipedia page on uh, on on console generations, you know that the Switch was sort of the first gen 9 console it, it is the way people think about it right like and now now sony and microsoft are playing catch up as far as the generational shift right like whether whether you consider nintendo late to the party catch or up the party with a machine that uh doesn't often that, that is often natively 720 <laughs> sure right well that, that's i mean that, the that's, thing, that's right? what's so funny about these designations right because 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 from a because from a design point of view the switch is nine generation only in like I said, that that designation of time, but otherwise it's just Nintendo doing their own thing. While, um, oh god, am I even saying this right? The Xbox Series X. Is that... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. there's there's also an Xbox <laughs> Series S, and they are part of the same generation. But yes, you did say it right. <laughs> and the uh, the PS5 are more concerned with like spec related stuff, right? Like they don't they don't really change a lot as far as the um the approach to making games for them. It's kind of more about you know, just better computing power, which then gets into the issue of like, well, why are we still even having consoles? Which we'll also talk about because yeah, uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we that's have, the we I have mean... computers and people build computers, and <laughs> Dell has made you know a lot of money with their own brand of like Alienware, and I'm sure there's lots of other companies too that I've never heard of. That uh... there's one there's one called iBuyPower that has kind of taken the the mid market by storm. I think they make like gaming PCs that are not quite as luxe as Alienware. Uh, arguably better bang for your buck, but yeah, they're they're you're, to your point. Yeah, there are there are definitely other players. Yeah, 
But I mean, that's that's an interesting thing to talk about, too. I mean, like, well, so, you know, you, you said the generations are getting shorter and it feels that way. But I mean, you know, there were seven years of PlayStation 4. And this was also the, the way in which you're right that they're getting shorter is we did something this generation, this past generation, generation eight, you the past that we haven't done in a while, which is like intergeneration upgrades, the, the you know, the PlayStation 4 Pro and the uh, oh, God, what's the Xbox one called? It was the Xbox One X. Yeah. S. So, so there's the Xbox One X, and now there's the Xbox Series X. That right. Which, and okay. I mean, of course, that's not confusing, and it's a total coincidence that when uh, when pre-orders for the Xbox Series X went up, uh, Xbox One X sales skyrocketed on Amazon. Um, <laughs> two things are not related. Yeah, it's fu- it's funny that you're saying that because now that you mentioned, it, I think you're right. I remember starting with the um, kind of starting with the PlayStation. Sony's approach was to always. Um, improve the i don't even know if portability was necessarily the goal but at least like scale size like the the specs didn't get better yeah Yeah, the specs never got better but they were able to compact it into a smaller machine but to your point now there's like yeah uh they're making consoles like intergenerational about like oh this one's the same thing but just a little better like i think i have i think there's the original ps4 i have a ps4 slim which is that that kind of uh, approach, which is that it's just a little smaller, but then afterwards there was the one that's like it actually runs better. Like I forget if I think the PS4 Pro only certain games can run in. Uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I mean the one I have, the PS4 Slim, only certain games can run in um, 1080, 60 frames per second. But with the Pro, all games do or something like that. The, was, the way it works with the Pro game. and the way it works with the Pro and this and the way that it now works with the PS5. Uh, is that you get a choice. You get like performance mode or it gets called different things. In Miles Morales, it's called cinematic mode. I think in, um, I don't know, what's it called in Demon's Souls? I haven't used it in Demon's Souls, but you know, pretty mode basically, right? So does it <laughs> does it prioritize ray tracing uh, and all that kind of schmancy stuff and then run at, you know, probably 30 frames a second or does it focus on maintaining a, a consistent 60 frames a second at the cost of some of that graphical whiz-bang? These are the kinds of things you would achieve on a pc right a gaming pc of your of your own uh you know purchase or or, uh, or building uh but by fiddling with way more settings it's usually just like a, a binary toggle right so the ps the ps pro and i guess the xbox one x yeah uh introduced that notion you know back in the day it really was actually more you know snapping something on to upgrade your console i'm thinking of the um the ram expansion pack in the n64 yeah for the n64 or the Sega CD, right? Like the idea of piggybacking on your existing hardware and and putting a new part in it, more you know, more PC like almost. Uh, that used to be the convention, and then we kind of did neither for a few generations. At least it, it feels like. Yeah, I mean that's so. Five minutes in, this is this is the long way of answering your question, which is with all this terminology and all these options. Like I don't, I don't really remember. Actually, that I take that back. I do remember the last console I bought with my own money, which was the uh, Wii, which I was excited about. And uh, every mm. other console I've owned since then has been a gift from um, someone I know. And uh, yeah, the, the, the simple answer to what does the, the, the console thing mean to me is like, I, I don't even really know. People really seem to like consoles still, which I, I mean, from a um, from a preferential perspective makes sense to me you know it's like you plug it in you play it it's a thing it's you know for one thing only and it just it kind of simplifies the whole process but um it's strange to me yeah that uh that it continues to sort of be i I guess what the the part that's funny to me is like here we are with uh, a ps5 shortage 
uh, that's the part that's funny to me is I kind of thought we were over the whole like you know places are actually sold out of things. I, I didn't think people were that excited about consoles anymore. Yeah, I mean the, the exacerbating factor, of course, is that it's 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 2020, and and besides everything being generally terrible, things are specifically terrible in regards to supply chains. So so getting any anything electronical manufactured at scale for a big release day is 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 challenging. Well, that's to say nothing of how they approached the uh, the pre-order situation, right? I heard that was kind of messy between you and uh, our dear friend Jay. Yeah, I mean, so so retailers have been a hot mess in regards to to uh, PS5 pre-orders. I mean, like they Sony established a, um, a a date and time basically on a, on a stream. This this already feels like ancient history and like it doesn't matter. But you know, people are still mad about it because people still can't get PlayStation Five. So it it bears recounting briefly. Basically, I think it was Walmart who immediately broke embargo and, and and put them up. So then, of course, all the other retailers did too. So they were all gone, and bots got most of them, right? Um, this has been a problem across the board, actually. I mean, we, we were talking about how you and I, you built a PC, I'm building it in slow motion, and part of the reason I'm building it in slow motion is I haven't gotten a shiny new graphics card yet, right? Like, I'm willing to shell out for one of these new really nice ones. But they've had all the same supply chain problems <laughs> that the PlayStation yeah. 5 has had um, in terms of ending up in the hands of bots, in terms of intermittent availability. I only got a PS5 because I, I happened to be on the second round of Sony's list of, of people who got invited for pre-orders, uh, the logic of which is is not clear to anyone. Um, you know, who, <laughs> yeah, who gets favorite, the My favorite scenario there is that uh, yeah, the... the, the um... The the uh, an enigmatic J that we talk about a lot. Um, he he's very much a uh, I don't I wouldn't say like a Sony fanboy, but you know he likes his PlayStation. He's enjoyed. He's bought his he's bought every he's he's bought every PlayStation console. At yeah, launch. yeah, yeah. It's, it's very and you know he and he buys games consistently, and it, it's so I mean whatever metric they use, it would be apparent just looking at him that he's like the guy that you want to get for pre order, and uh, he was not. He either I'm trying to understand like he either didn't get that email or didn't get that notification. Wasn't able to pre-order at any rate, uh, and then we know another household. Um, and I don't want to blow up the spot, so I will be a little more cryptic here. Um, uh, one dev, and then one person who uh, would consider herself, I guess, a gamer, but you know, is not as passionate about PlayStation specifically. Uh, and they ended up with four in their house. <laughs> so, well, to, to be fair, having a developer in the house, you know, that there are dev kids I mean, involved. Yes, right? for yeah, sure. Yeah. But it is funny that, like, I mean. <laughs> No, sure. The contrast. Four, the contrast. Four of these machines, like you know, it, it makes me think of that uh, that scenario where at one point I think um, I can't remember if it was like a specific military uh, spot or if there was some other place, but like, I, weren't there a bunch of like PS3s or PS4s just like all linked together to make some supercomputer? I think this was I, PS3s, I, I, yeah, because the PS3 had a really, yeah, the PS3 had a really novel architecture, which is which is part of why PS3 games we want to carry into the future have to be rebuilt from scratch. But yeah, yeah, for sure, there was something like that. It's madness. It's, it's but that's what you're picturing in the household we're describing. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's just like the, yeah, just like a sort of cyberpunk setup where their their whole house is basically just running on PS5s at this point. <laughs> it's all yeah, yeah. They don't have Siri or any other automation. They don't have Google Home. They have this weird PS5 network that that will eventually you know pass the singularity and uh, and either augment them or you know decide their atoms are more useful as gray goo and destroy the world. You know, either way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but yeah, the the contrast, the have and have nots. I've honestly felt weird talking about my 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 one PS five. I can't even like juggle them or hold them in my many arms or whatever. Um, I just have the one, and I still feel weird. Like I, I wrote a thing about Miles Morales 
uh, which is up on the site as you're listening, dear listener. And I'm, I'm going to write about Demon Souls as well, the, the Demon Souls remake. But I feel weird about it. It almost feels like theater criticism <laughs> where like I'm keenly aware that most of the people who are who are reading it have not gotten to experience the thing I'm talking about firsthand. I mean, Miles Morales is also out on PS4, so not so much that, I suppose. But, you know, Demon's Souls, like it, it's a weird, weird thing to have it be rarefied in the way that it currently is. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because uh, like commercial production uh, can take even a little while, just like with film or television. So I don't remember what I was uh, watching the other day, but I saw a um, an advert uh, for the PS5 with Rick and Morty. And, uh, you know, they're trying to sell the, the PS5. And I was thinking, like, who is this for? Was this made before they knew there was going to be, like, a mass shortage? And, <laughs> like, why why are they running ad space for something that, like, is not available and is, and is going to sell? It just, it just seemed like a funny move that that's, that's still yeah. there. Yeah. There, there is um, that weird thing of, like, there, there, it is in their interest as a brand to keep the frothy anticipation Hi, I mean, like it, it's totally normal in marketing to use negative emotions, right? Like, I mean, yeah, the whole the whole uh, idea of a timed sale is is you think about how bad it'll feel if you miss it, so you pull the trigger, even if you're not quite ready to buy the thing or you don't quite need it or whatever. This is like an extreme version of that. They want you hungry the next time it's possible to get a PS5, so you don't hesitate so, or wait yeah. for a sale. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's weird. Yeah, it, just, it seemed really funny to me. Like, of I mean, all that's things. the thing, right? Like, I I have I think the Wii was probably the last console I got at launch too and you know and yet here i am with the ps5 because when i got that pre-order golden ticket i was like well if i want one in 2020 this is probably my shot you know so like so you know and i, and I can afford it and whatever so i went for it so like it it worked on me i was i was frothing sufficiently to purchase you know the 500 the architecture miniature that that is the playstation 5 and you know and, and, and hook it up so so that so this might be a good jump off point as to what we're talking about as far as like the state of consoles so you said it did work on you, and in your household, I believe you have two Switches, PS4. I don't think you've ever actually had an Xbox, have you? I remember in college you you roomed with someone who had an uh, Xbox 360. I actually did um, get a 360. Oh, you did. You own. did have a 360. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we we played we played a lot. And I actually um, got a PS3 after I got a PS4, uh, mostly to play Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls. Ironically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Demon's Souls cabinet. Um. So so the jump off what I'm talking about is like uh, so so. When when you bought your PS5 and you were thinking about having it, were you more compelled to buy it because as a uh, you can't see my my fingers when I'm doing the quote as a game journalist, um, were you kind of <laughs> as more a critic <laughs> of the form? Yes, please continue. Are, are you more invested in this uh, in kind of wanting to have it as a tool because it means you have more access? And I mean, we can talk a little bit about that. I, I'd be curious to get your point because I don't really know if how much exclusivity is still a thing. I know there's lots of. Uh, or I shouldn't say lots of, but there's at least several different um, uh, business models now for like game subscriptions, um, and uh, yeah. So, so what 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 made you want to buy the console? What when you think of games, are you still sort of more leaning into consoles? Because, like you said, you're building your PC in slow motion, which means it's not uh, maybe at the forefront of your mind. Uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about that process for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I definitely did go through that. You know, I think when the PS5 was was in the cards. When we knew roughly when it was coming up, we didn't have a date, which was, boy, that feels like that was a long period. It feels like Sony really was coy about that, probably because of all the supply chain stuff. But I, because I, I knew my my old PC, which is about 11 years old, uh, uh, Critter, you will, you will always be a legend. 
uh, built that sucker <laughs> in grad school because that 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 wonderful beast was aging. I was in this weird this position I haven't been in in a long time where I you know if I bought one of these next gen consoles it would perform better than my PC. You know PCs tend to have a lot of longevity and generally you're going to get more performance uh, out of them. I don't think that's too controversial a statement. So you know I was in this thing where like if I buy a PS5 maybe that means I I won't have to build a, a, a PC quite as soon. It turned out I wanted to build a PC anyway because we're streaming more and I'm doing more video editing and like there were reasons other than just it making games be pretty. Um, but it's, it's also like Sony still does do exclusives and on a philosophical level, I slightly hate that. Like, I don't really like the console <laughs> exclusivity thing. Like I don't love it about Nintendo either, although I get it a little more because their hardware is quirky and they keep it all in house and all that. But you know, Microsoft doesn't really do console exclusives. All the, all the Xbox exclusives come out on PC as well. And I love I mean, that. But wouldn't that kind of count as, ex- I mean, cause Microsoft, I mean, let's, let's be real. Microsoft's what is running on most PCs. So well, yeah, as they start, they've sort of just recently begun the process of gobbling up studios. So like when they do a console exclusive as in like it's on PC and Xbox, but not PlayStation or switch, it tends to be a timed exclusivity uh, mm. as you know, it, it makes its way to those other platforms later, sometimes much later, sometimes not too much later. Um, whereas Sony, I mean, like I, I do not expect, um, I mean, horizon happens, so who knows, but I don't, I don't expect the new God of war, let's say. Uh, or or Bloodborne to make its way to PC any anytime soon, if at all. Um, I'd love to be yeah. wrong about that. Pers- you know, Persona Four is on PC now, so you know <laughs> miracles happen. Although you know that's not first party, right? But it's like things we didn't think would make it there, make it there. But Sony still does the exclusive thing. So as a, as a critic of the form, I do sort of feel like a Sony thing in the house makes sense. And I feel like I've been I've been bullied into feeling that way because exclusivity <laughs> is not like I would prefer to play everything on PC on some level. But the, you know, it does feel good. And I do play a lot of PS4 games. And so having them all load faster, like, you know, Spelunky 2 came out on PS4 first. So just, you know, when I, when I do my daily Spelunky run, the load times are faster. It's, it's a small thing, but, but, it, but it adds up. Um, and the new controller is genuinely cool. So like, I'm going to use it a lot. But my thinking, yeah, was to, to, you know, to, this is a very long answer to your relatively simple question, but what I wanted out of it. have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the format. That's the brand. Um, my, 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 it was half thinking it would feel good to use and be like a quality of life improvement. My PS4 games will run better. I'll have a shiny new controller. And it was half feeling backed into a corner because I did want to play, you know, I did to play Demon Souls where the servers are populated. By the time I played Demon Souls on PS3, the servers were ghost towns. <laughs> like the idea of being able to just get a co-op session with, with, with strangers whenever while playing Demon Souls was a very tempting proposition. Now, you know, is it a, is it a five hundred and seventy dollar proposition for most people? Almost certainly not. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I mean, like that's it, right? They they've Sony has managed to still have experiences that you can only get by having their machines, and you know, with something like Demon Souls, where at least part of the appeal is other people. It's weird because the servers do feel populated, but like we're the exclusive club. <laughs> like I can only imagine how populated it would feel if people could fucking get PS fives. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it really did come down to like, again, like I, I was able to budget it. So it's like, would it be super cool to play, you know, Demon's Souls at launch, play Miles Morales prettier. I still haven't played the last of us part two, but you know, when I, when I get around to it, having that have the PS five enhancements or whatever. Um, yeah, it overall, it seemed worth it to me. And I, I think if it hadn't been backwards compatible with these, uh, with these, uh, you know, big PS four releases and maybe even more specifically, if they hadn't been 
doing the, the handling next gen upgrades the way they are where you know we haven't said this yet but but i grabbed a copy of miles morales for ps4 i popped it into my ps5 it downloaded the ps5 version i played through that and now i can send you the ps4 disc and we can both enjoy miles morales together at least you know because i have the disc version of the ps5 which not everybody's going to right that's <laughs> yeah. pretty cool right if their policy had not been like that if it hadn't been this thing where the you know the, the vast majority of ps4 games run on ps5 if it hadn't been the case that there are going to be ps5 exclusives at least for a period of years that I do want to play, then I probably wouldn't have gone for it. Um, I am still finishing my PC, but I can't get that dang graphics card, so I'm playing the new Yakuza in 1080 like a schmuck. Thus ends the monologue. <laughs> Man, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's funny. For all, for all the reasons that you're talking about, you know, wanting to get the PS5, I'm thinking, like, that's kind of the reason I... I don't I, I gaming has become a thing and i think we've said it on this podcast uh and if we haven't i'll you know say it here where you know a lot of it especially being a you know approaching my mid-30s um which is weird to say out loud but <laughs> where did the time go dear god dear god where did it go yeah please continue um yeah our dear friend ian turned uh, 34 and i said well you're as old as uh you're as old as homer simpson now <laughs> oh Jesus! I thought Homer was thirty-five, not thirty-four. Oh no! Oh no! Well, the, the the official book I have says thirty-four or thirty-six, so you know, in between there. But I mean, you, oh, you've definitely hit, you know, an age where at some point in the show he was probably mentioned to be thirty-four. And anyway, I, know, I know I was going to uh, say I know plenty of people approaching Homer Simpson age who still think of themselves as Holden Caulfield's. So that's not that's you know it's going to be sour news. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So so you know, time is one of those things. Like, there's so many games now. Um, when I think about exclusivity right so i actually uh am less intrigued by that because in my mind you know it's it's a uh kind of to your point it's an expensive uh window (laughs) as it were to to get that and so for me um having limited time to play games and not that i discount stuff like new stuff is being bad or anything but like i I don't always feel like it's worth my time like i feel like i you know i could get a similar experience especially because games are so cinematic now just like watching a playthrough of like you know certain games um, huh. rather than having to spend all that money and experience it myself. Like, um, I watched a playthrough of God of War uh, and really enjoyed it. I watched a playthrough of Last of Us and hated it. And uh, <laughs> in both cases, I, I didn't feel compelled afterwards to, like, actually play the game, which is... Uh, it's funny, I remember when esports started to be a thing, a lot of people talked about, like, well, what what is the point? And, you know, there were rightfully a lot of comparisons to sports in general. It's like it's the same thing. Um, but in particular, it is interesting that uh, people seem to get the same sort of experience out of watching video games as playing them uh, themselves, and especially if they like the personality of the person um, streaming. But, yeah, at any rate, as far as consoles go, I, I like I said, the last console I bought with my own money was the Wii, um, which I was excited about. And at that point... Um, Online play was still a thing. It just wasn't as big of a thing uh, for my, you know, uh, uh, my own lifestyle. Like, you know, I often saw my friends and that was when we when we'd play together. So it wasn't as nece- uh, necessary to have online play. And I think that even predates me having an Xbox 360. Um, but then on all these other consoles that I've enjoyed, I've gotten from other people as gifts. So my Xbox 360, my PS4. Uh, my Wii U, the Switch. I, I've enjoyed them all, but it's funny to think of a, a scenario in which I would have bought one with my own money. I'm probably not counting the Switch, which I, I would have eventually. Um, but yeah, the whole console thing. Uh, not, not I'm not even necessarily touting that PC is just like 100% better. Um, it just is. It's just always felt more cohesive and easier. And so it's still surprising me that the, the console thing is a thing because. Um, 
I, I don't really get that whole like having it. I guess to, to know what we're talking about, like having it be exclusive or like, like, like the selling points of it don't appeal to me. I guess it's just yeah, the simplest yeah. way to put it. We should say, because so far we've only implied for, not for me, right? Like my long list of reasons why I did end up getting a PS5. And, and we should say neither of us have messed around with an Xbox Series X slash S as yet. Slash fridge. <laughs> slash, yeah, the, the, the cool, cool fridge or the cheese grater. Um, <laughs> we we haven't done that yet, um, um, but but we have PCs, so I think we're getting a similar... And I, I'm a Game Pass subscriber even, so I'm getting the Microsoft experience. My long list, uh, my, 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 uh, my book on tape that I gave you as an answer to your question did not include what I think is a thing for a lot of people. You were saying people like consoles because they're, they're dedicated devices, but I think a lot of people use them exactly the opposite way. I think a lot of people do load up Hulu, Netflix, you know, Disney Plus, mm. whatever on their consoles and it becomes their their media center. You know, I tend to either, you know, Chromecast that stuff to my TV or, you know, I have my PC hooked up to my TV. So that that becomes the ultimate media server. I think for a lot of people, it is sort of convenient one stop shopping. And we should say if we're talking about the broad history of consoles for Sony in particular, that's been a selling point for a while. I mean, was, wasn't the PS2 the first one like that, where, you know, if you get a PS2, you also get a DVD player. Wow. And then, you know, with the, yeah. the PS3 and 4, it was a Blu-ray player. I think that is that is not a selling point for me, but I think it is a selling point for for people. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And I think um, the, the idea of the console is, you're, that's actually a really good point. I, I had forgotten about that because that, we're so saturated with ways of getting things. I think I remember at one point, I mean, we were joking about the Xbox fridge, but at one point I remember walking through Sears and there was, in fact, fridges that like linked to Twitter or like, um, you know, would have the news <laughs> scroll uh, next to the, uh, the ice dispenser. Oh, um, geez. I thought you meant like it'll, it'll it'll tweet at you if you're out of X. You mean like no, you can, you can look like, at your feed. I, think it, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe both. Um, but uh, yeah, I forget that. Like, yeah, you're right. They, they are. um multimedia tool devices and i think i forget that because i don't take advantage of that i mainly play the nintendo consoles that i've had um and uh yeah that is that is a big selling point so yeah you're right they're they're kind of these hubs i guess um for your for all of your media needs even though there are still specialized devices in insofar as like you know you have like apple tv or you have uh chromecast which can do a lot of things but you know in a, in, when you kind of narrow the scope it does one thing and then gives you access to all of these things. Um, right, right. And it's it's a really stupid way to design things in a certain sense because all of these devices do the same thing. Some of them have like content exclusivity deals of one kind or another or else they're just jerks to each other and like Amazon properties don't Chromecast properly or whatever, right? But, but you know, they all, they all in theory, give you most of the same content. They all have a Hulu app on them and, and, and so on. Um, I like the Chromecast because it just throws to my TV something from what, you know, whatever happens to be on my phone or my computer screen, right? Which is, which is kind of how I want to, that's how I want to decide what content to watch personally. Um, but you know, but different people like different stuff and, you know, and especially if you're in love with your new controller, maybe that's how you want to browse Hulu as well and and boot up the new season of the crown or whatever. The PS5 (laughs) actually makes it really clean. Like there's a games tab and a media tab on the, the sort of main UI and like, yeah, the media tab, it's like, well, never using that. That's, it's very nice to have all of that stuff just off to the side where I don't necessarily need to look at it. Cause to me, it is a dedicated game machine. I mean, it's, 
the only way in which it's not is it's also like a game like it, it, it's got a built-in capture card basically right because you know since mm. the um you know with the switch and the ps4 and all that there's there's the the share button or the, or the what is it called on the switch the i don't know the screenshot button it, it's it's the same thing right you yeah, can take so. take a short video or take a screenshot as somebody who writes about games and, and makes stuff about games that's real handy um, so I so I use that a whole bunch and like, you know, you can take a screenshot on PC, you can obviously record or stream yourself on PC, but it's a little bit less convenient. Um, that is that is one example of where just a console makes it slick. And and I do appreciate that. Kind of, I don't I don't know if this is a natural progression or if it's something that just popped into my head, but listening to you talk and listening to our sort of, you know, rationale for buying or not buying consoles is the is the term console war kind of uh does that still apply? I mean, because there was a time when the companies that made these consoles would either live or die by their innovation and their sales. But I get the sense, thinking about it now, that between Microsoft and Sony, like neither of these consoles are going to go away, and one is one outperforming the other doesn't, you know, preclude there not being another iteration of said console later. Like it, it, it yeah. it's funny to think about like, you know, console like our am I an Xbox guy or am I a P a PlayStation guy or whatever. Um is that a thing anymore? I don't I don't think that component of it really exists. I, I mean it exists. How big is it versus how much is it just the loudest people on Twitter? You know, but like there there is no thread about you know, a PlayStation thing that doesn't have a few people saying, yeah, but Xbox could, or, or, or vice versa, right? Microsoft saying, here's what's coming so, to Game Pass. And so people like, are still invested in that? I, I guess I, I just, I, I haven't run into it in a long how, time. How many, how many people? I really don't know. But I mean, I've, I've been seeing it on the internet a lot, again, because I've been trying to get my hands on one of these schmancy new graphics cards, either the NVIDIA ones or the Radeon ones. And so I actually like, you know, like, like, a, like a big toolbox, I tuned into the, the, the Radeon uh, uh, press conferences about the new, the new graphics cards. And as they're, you know, unleashing the specs on the world and showing their internal benchmarks and all that, you know, like relatively nerdy technical stuff, stuff that's consumer facing and meant to get you frothing or whatever, but stuff that is pretty specific and also should be taken with a grain of salt. Because until you get, you know, an independent person to put two graphics cards next to each other, you don't really know how they perform, yada, yada. Nonetheless, in the chat, every time a stat got revealed, you know, like, you know, RIP NVIDIA, like, you know, this is like people will try to make the console war thing happen for PC parts. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That 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 feels more ingrained into our minds because of the 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 climate we grew up in, and the approach that a lot of these companies took towards one another. But that, I mean, at least for them, like there's no there's no risk. It's not like whatever the Xbox Series X does is going to mean that like it fails and Microsoft goes under and just pulls out of the <laughs> right. video game, you know, uh, market. The same thing for Sony. Like it's any more so than think, AM, any more than AMD ceases to exist if people buy Nvidia graphics cards across the board this generation or whatever, right? Right, and I mean Nintendo's staying in their own lane, and the Switch is selling like you know gangbusters. Fucking, yeah, so yeah. in a sense, like yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's funny. <laughs> I, I now that I think about it, it, just seems like it's there's this. Uh, it's never been a better time for like the coexistence of. Uh, of consoles as it were we're talking about the state of consoles and what that means and yeah i'm realizing growing up it was always about like you know what console you're gonna get and like if you had friends that you played games with sometimes it was even a conversation about like well i have this so maybe i should get this that way we could play both and not have to pay for two machines and you know um that that's still a bit of the conversation but mostly it's just you know what looks purdy <laughs> you know really like <laughs> yeah you, yeah 
what you well, part of it, used to. I think we've talked about this before, but part of this is just like the rhetoric of capitalism where everything, everything is a fight to the yeah. death. And like, yeah. there is a certain, um, there is a certain strain of capital G gamer that, that consumes, you know, press conferences as though they're sports and gets revved up in the same way. Cause like, you know, that rhetoric is designed to get your employees revved up to really, really pull out the sales this quarter, Jack. But people consume it as though it's like as as though they win something if the console they selected wins the console war or something, right? And like when we were kids, you know, the the, the marketing was more aggressive, like the consumer facing marketing. You know, Genesis does what Nintendo don't or whatever. Yeah. Um, but but also there was a bit more of a real sense that it was a fight to the death. I mean, Sega did in fact end up having to get out of the console business. But even you know going back earlier than that, I think. You know, for for the SNES slash Genesis uh, era, and and certainly, you know, when when we were when I was playing an uh, an NES, my my first console, the memory of the crash was really fresh for the industry. You know, so like there was a sense that this was a dangerous business to be in. I mean, like those, you mm. know, between Gen two and Gen three, there was an entire crash of the Western console market. You know, so like, yeah, I, I think I think things have calmed down a little bit, and I think you even see that in the rhetoric. I think the last. The la- I mean, listener, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the last legitimately console warish thing I remember the console holders doing was back when uh, I think Microsoft was floating the idea that the Xbox One was going to be a purely digital console with no disk drive. And they released some really complicated statement about how you could still potentially share games or couldn't or whatever. And Sony said, you know, they did this little skit basically where it's like, here's how you share a PS4 game. And it was just a guy handing a guy a box with a game in it, right? Um, that's sort of the kind of snipey console war stuff. But but everything I've seen this gen, remember that, yeah. yeah, yeah, everything I've seen this gen has more been like, hey, congrats on the launch, guys. You know, you know what I mean? It's been pretty backslappy and friendly. And to your point, you know, proceeding from the assumption that there's room for everybody at the table, because I think a lot of people do just you know buy them all. Yeah, everyone at the table being the three companies. <laughs> well, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, welcome to late capitalism. There's, not, it's not a very big table, or it's a huge table, but there's three people at it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, and like this, this maybe is a, a an important pivot point. Is you know when when people use consoles as their media centers, um, when console exclusives are a thing. I mean, part of the reason I like PC so much um, is is that I, I believe in access and preservation. Like I. I think I think we need piracy, right? Because because if an emulation and all that stuff, because if we only preserve art as long as it's commercially viable, then the instant a given piece of art isn't commercially viable, it disappears possibly irrecoverably. <laughs> and to be totally clear, there are organizations like the Video Game History Foundation doing really good work to try and to try and, you know, like do this stuff in a way that is that is amenable to all parties and not adversarial to platform holders or IP holders or whatever. But when you get right down to it, they have a lot of what they have because at some point someone stole from work, right? So yeah. like any, as we move into the streaming future, both for content, you know, when people, you know, don't worry too much about what they own, but just like, oh, cool, Netflix put a thing up. I'll boot up my console and, and play whatever, whatever they're currently serving me. We do get a little bit away from just the idea of, you know, a curious teenager, you know, hearing about a Godard film, bad example, because we have the Criterion channel, at least for now, right? But, you know, <laughs> something that may not be on the services and just wanting to wanting to look it up. I mean, like, it, you know, it's it's already more or less impossible to get a PS3. So, you know, like, <laughs> Demon Souls has been remade. The original Nier has been remade. The sh- you know, Shadow of the Colossus, which was like a PS2 game, right? But like, these things have all been remade. But what about all the more obscure shit that hasn't, you know, like, what happens if you want to access it? I mean, it's it's piracy or it's bust, you know? So I do I do feel like PC is, it represents agency in a way that consoles kind of can't, you know? Um, 
And that's exactly, you know, why people, <laughs> that's exactly why platform holders would want you to play all your games on console. You know, they have more control. It's a walled garden, whatever. But that's exactly why that would never be sufficient for me personally. Yeah, no, I, I would agree. Um, yeah, the, the, the uh, having a PC, a gaming PC, I mean, not like it's, you know, crazy, but just a, a PC that can play games um, is a much more streamlined experience in that regard because you can just you know, choose from a market of things and, you know, itch.io exists. Um, which is exactly. I mean, yeah, and- I'm really glad you brought itch up because like, I mean, the, the, the it, it's not just that there are like, okay, we talked a little bit about backwards compatibility and yeah, sure. You know, like the AAA game that I buy on my PC this year, I expect to work on my PC in 10 years. That may or may not be how it works for PlayStation, right? My PS4 games work on my PS5, my PS3 games don't, whatever, right? The yeah. other th- the other thing is just it isn't just that you have all the games of the past, but anybody can just make a fucking game and put it on itch.io. And some of those things are masterpieces that are like I don't think Extreme Meat Punks Forever is likely going to come to consoles anytime soon. And so you know, you, to your point, for a lot of these you know indie projects, you don't need a crazy PC to run them. You just need a willingness to look for stuff and and run stuff on your computer. Right, right. God bless itch. I'll say that as many as many times as you give me time to. Yeah, it's just it's you know there's a lot more of a, of an open market I guess when it comes to PC gaming. Um, and yeah, it's funny because you know there's that whole like uh, PC master race meme kind of stuff going on. But uh, the yeah the main reason I would tout it is just accessibility as far as like you know the, there's there's more of an opportunity to do things um, with a PC that you can't necessarily on a uh, on a console. And yeah, uh, as much as consoles have become sort of media hubs, it still feels very limited uh, in those ways you were just talking about. And so, um, I don't know. It's funny because I, we went into this thinking about, like, talking about the state of um, of uh, consoles and kind of what that means. And I'm realizing it's sort of just very normal. I don't even want to know if I want to use the word bland, but it, it doesn't – there doesn't seem to be a whole lot there, for me, anyway. Like, like you were talking about people who tune into these press conferences and, you know, um, before COVID, you know uh, – uh, GDC was still a thing. Uh, was E3 still a thing? I think it was for certain people. Um, yeah, no, E3 was uh, E3 getting canceled this year was was a big deal for sure. Yeah, um, but I just realized as I've gotten older, I'm just so I'm really tuned out to that stuff. Um, and, and it's definitely partly you know just you know personal preference. Uh, what I mentioned earlier about you know time commitment and all that. Um, but it's also just yeah like. Um, I guess it's really about lifestyle. Now I think about it. It's like we've sort of cultivated this idea of the capital G gamer and what that means for someone who would have a console. And like, I I don't have typically an opportunity to just sit down on the couch these days and like play a game for like several hours. You know, I I can get away with (laughs) this little, uh, I can kind of just jump onto my computer and, you know, get away with these uh, intermittent periods of gaming um but but like the the console is still very much like a you know the, the a tv device i guess you know hdmi being a thing i could hook it up to my um video game monitors but for the most part it's like that experience i, I can't even remember the last time i felt that experience of like sitting down in front of the tv to like play a game um especially with having kiddos in the house and you know sharing a tv like we, we don't we, we, we our household just doesn't really do like multiple screens um uh, we have one TV that we use and um, I think my wife and I kind of agree we'd prefer to not have or at least prolong as long as possible the idea of like, you know, televisions in um, bedrooms. <laughs> sure. uh, so, yeah, so in a lot of ways, 
for me the the, the the sort of culture of console gaming has be has shifted toward shifted shifted away from that just by virtue of the fact that, that there's this very specific way of playing a console at least that I think of in my head now that may not be a thing for everybody but that's just sort of how I grew up um, playing consoles and, and it's just it, that that sort of lifestyle doesn't exist for me anymore sure um, yeah no i mean I, I certainly had like a tv in my bedroom with a with a with a, a gamecube hooked up to it but like later to your point like when i was a kid it was like you know on the weekends you know hooked up to the tv how much donkey kong country can i get through or whatever and yeah like that's that's a rarer thing as an adult especially for people with kids i still get it sometimes because i am a you know a, a spoiled person unstuck from time but you know like i <laughs> you know like the way i've gotten to play demon souls is very different from the way uh, Michelle's gotten to play Demon Souls, which is in tiny little increments. Whereas I did just, you know, like like we had we had the crown on last night, and I was just like grinding co op with people to you know to get my <laughs> get my world tendency where I wanted it. You know, thank you for bringing up Demon Souls. I, I'm remembering the point that I tripped over a few minutes ago. Um, yeah, man. Which was going to be yeah preservation and piracy, which is which mainly just leads to this whole thing with consoles. Like um, I. Uh, I am invested in, in in consoles insofar as like the and exclusivity insofar as like certain games that kind of have uh, been important in the development of either certain genres or um, whatever. Like, so it's funny thinking about um, you mentioned Shadow of the Colossus remake and then obviously the um, Demon Souls remake, uh, and we were texting a little bit about it with a buddy of ours um, who I think I'm fairly sure plans to get a PS5 and. I'm outside of that, and I was saying that um, I'm actually more interested in playing the original Demon Souls than I would be in playing a remake. Now, um, from what I've seen of you playing it, you've said there is a lot of like jank left over, um, which is kind of fun as far as like the actual gameplay, but it just looks pretty. Um, but I do think there's something to be said for uh, consoles as far as like having that window in time, whether it's uh, you know having the actual console or look, I'm not necessarily advocating piracy i'm just saying that you know if you played a copy of demon souls for ps3 on your computer somehow sony probably wouldn't have gotten the money directly for that anyway i'm just saying um <laughs> well no, i mean so, and, and, and at this point if you find a ps3 in a secondhand shop and a copy of demon souls in a secondhand shop for ps3 i mean sony's not getting that money either i mean so it's you know it's i mean yeah you know yeah. Just, just, but that's put, putting saying. that out there putting that out there <laughs> and so yeah so um that that is i guess maybe the one appeal i i'd buy everything late i've noticed like a lot of consoles i end up getting like a year or two after the fact and i do enjoy them um but definitely for very specific instances like the ps4 i've gotten some longevity out of um because of uh playstation plus and how that works um but oh mostly... yeah ps plus is a great way to play you know, the, the hottest game of, of 18 months ago or something, right? And I, <laughs> exactly. I, I say that a little bit snarkily, but it's also like, that's actually kind of great. I mean, like, so no, that, much, yeah, 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 I do kind of appreciate that. Um, and, uh, but, but overall, yeah, it's still a Bloodborne cabinet. Like when you get down to it, like that's, that's why I bought it. <laughs> sure. That's what it kind of exists for. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know that I'd ever want to track down a secondhand PS3, but uh, someday, somehow I'll probably play demon souls the original which i like again again i'm more invested in than like in getting a shiny new ps5 and playing a remake that way but that's just a matter of you know preference and i guess that's really what it comes down to is the state of consoles really when you get down to it is like it's just preference i mean you know we talk about like the different brands and this idea of like the the console wars man but um i, I guess it's still popular because people just prefer to have them for the reasons that you know we've talked about and um 
Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I'd say it's like in a bad state or a good state. That, that It's funny you brought up capitalism because, yeah, I mean, gaming more than ever feels very mainstream. And in that regard, it's more, you know, capitalism than ever. I mean, it always was, but it didn't always feel that way because, you know, not everyone played video games and adults would look at video games and be like, ah, are you a winning son? Or, you know, or I don't understand what this is. Or, you know, like, I got you the new Nintendo. Like, it, it was, you know. Growing up, it was sort of like <laughs> the, the memes of us growing up were mostly just, you know, things our parents would say like that. Um, and uh, yeah, now it just feels it just feels like a kind of a more of like a backdrop, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I yeah. Like I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of reaching at words here that I can't quite <laughs> hone in on what I mean, but I know that feeling and that feeling is kind of just like like gaming just doesn't feel as important as it used to, or at least not as like, you know, character defining. And it still is for a lot of people to be clear. And there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. Although we get into some of the fringe stuff that we've, you know, approached, uh, on, on this podcast and, you know, in, um, in real life discussion. Um, but at any rate, yeah, it's, it's just, it just seems like it just is now. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think it's, it, there's, there's weird, recursivity or full circles right because when we're talking about like gen one and two there were there were sort of two streams right like you had hyper enthusiasts like like you know like british you know home developers just like building stuff on like you know cool wood paneled terminal <laughs> machines and whatever and then you yeah. had sort of the mainstream breakout and pac-man fever and whatever and then like post crash you know there there was um there was a, there, there was actually a decent episode of movies with mikey of all things about this recently but nintendo sort of made the decision to market pretty specifically to like young boys in the west um which is which is why you know the the uh, the nes here came with came with a fucking gun you know it was like you know, the duck hunt mario brothers cartridge right <laughs> um but it, but it's i, I talked to nick garen um the creative director on spirit fair recently and he he worked for a bunch of years on the assassin's creed games and he made a really interesting point that when we think of capital G gamers, it is increasingly correct to think of them as as an as a niche, right? Like that is not the majority of of people who play games more generally. Like we have right, the, we have the right. game. Oh, this is my point, not his. Or I think I actually cribbed it from Twitter, and I'll give credit where it's due if I can find it. But if the if the game awards which are coming up were about games people play, <laughs> then you know, it'd be like mobile games and it'd be a lot of like, you know, like, a, like, like MMOs you haven't heard of and stuff like that, but it's not, it's the big AAA blockbuster releases. So it's yeah. like, those are built to cater to, to what we think of as, as capital G gamers who are by no means, you know, the people who, who, you know, most represent the game playing public, but are an especially spendy demographic and therefore one that it makes some kind of business sense to cater to. Now, you know, where is the line there and where does the, where does the culture potentially go so toxic that it's no longer worth it um you know that's that's sort of the uh the, the less pleasant stuff you were alluding to right yeah so i mean that's the thing right yeah. is, is is a ps5 launch for for capital g gamers um i don't know man i mean <laughs> i you, you were talking about playstation plus and, and one thing worth noting is sony gave everybody who has a ps5 uh bug snacks uh, a really weird indie game that is probably not the the first thing you would think of for you know as 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 being what a capital G gamer is excited about. This is a game from the team that made Octodad, um, and it's kind of like an immersive sim with all ages body horror in it. It's it's almost indescribably weird. Um, and it's you know for I one mean, thing, it, yeah, it's PS Plus. I'm sold. You, <laughs> no, you. It might be your shit, and I think Grayson would actually really enjoy it too. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's worth playing for sure, but it's, you know, rather than giving you the triple A game of 18 months ago, they're giving you the, the 
deeply weird indie hotness of today <laughs> um, on yeah. PlayStation Plus. And I, I think that is... It's it's one among many gestures where platform holders are saying like, okay, yeah, I mean, like we absolutely want the capital G gamers and their capital M money, but that's not the whole industry anymore, right? We we need to make inroads other places too, and and obviously that balancing act is not always graceful. Yeah, it, this is a to- might seem like a total out of nowhere, but is the Xbox Series X even out yet? I, I yeah can't. yeah it's out it's okay. Out. And I, I have technically played one of its launch titles because I've been playing the new Yakuza, but so I've been I've been playing on PC. Gen nine at this yeah point. no well and okay. truly this is Gen nine. Welcome. <laughs> okay, I just I was just I just realized like we've talked a lot about the PS five because that's what we know people have mostly. So I mean again talking to just preference, I, I we don't I don't think we know any like major Xbox stands. Uh, most of the people who are passionate about consoles tend to lean towards the the PlayStation, and uh, I think the the only person that we're we're close to I don't think I know a, anyone with an Xbox One. I think Bri- Brian Brian has one. Um, oh, he does. Okay, yeah, yeah. So there there is there is one in in that household. But yeah, but I mean you know a, a developer wanting to do you play anything on it? I think I think most of the stuff you and I would play on PC, Brian probably plays on. Xbox oh, one. okay. So yeah. does he not have a gaming PC? I mean, he's a developer, right? So, like, he he, he certainly has access to machines <laughs> that can play I, games, but he, he yeah, doesn't want to play games like, on them. He wants to, like, he wants to stop looking at bad screen and look at good screen for a while sometimes. <laughs> like, it's, it is sort of about separation, I think. Yeah, no, I, I could see that for sure. It's just funny because, like, that's, I'm, you mentioned it. I'm thinking, like, oh, yeah, that, that's another reason for, for consoles, I suppose, is that, that, that separation or that, uh... <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is, this is the work machine. I don't want to. You know, I want, I want to yeah. go have fun now with the well, other those, thing. Exactly, those different psychological divides, because I think we, we I want to, you know, maybe shine a quick light on something you said earlier, because I think it's probably true for a lot of parents, where, like, the console or whatever's hooked up to the TV is for the family, you included, but, you know, it's for everybody. The The PC is more for you, right? We had this discussion when you yeah. bought Hades, right? Like, do I want Hades on Switch? <laughs> when you're, once yeah. you're a parent, that, that does matter a little bit more. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what you can kind of claim as yours, especially as I've watched, like, the toys in Grayson's room bleed into like every room in the house. There's just like everywhere you walk, there's just like toys. And it's very obvious, like whose house this is. Like, you know, like I'm taking care of it. My wife's paying the bills, but uh, this ain't our house. When you get down to it. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You, you may own the land, but you do not work it. That's <laughs> you do not, you do not decide what is planted uh, and what is sown. No, but I mean like, you know, when you bought Hades, you wanted to, play Hades when you had some free moments therefore you got it on PC right like it's again it's that divide between which platform is for who for what when kind of thing yeah so that does I mean yeah so I, I mean it's, it's funny because we're you know uh, what, what we're millennials right I, I really I'm not trying to be snarky I just no man we are we are old we are old millennials or elder millennials okay. they're sometimes okay called. so 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 the so it's funny because I tend to still think of video game players as like you know uh that sort of like 15 to what is it 15 to 25 demographic but i guess realistically most especially because of how costly they can be now most video game players tend to be like more our age like these aging millennials so yeah our um, just just to put some color on that lead finish your thought but like our demographic is like the the baby boomers who were the first generation to grow up watching tv they grew up and they didn't stop watching tv they watched a lot more tv right like yeah (laughs) um yeah i think for 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 um for us it's it is it's interesting cuz i i a lot of the people buying consoles i do wonder i don't feel like i'm tapped into this like most console owners 
who they're buying it for. Like, like you said, like you said, and like, if you're a family person, are you buying it for yourself? Are you aware that it's sort of indirectly for the entire family by virtue of the fact that it's going to sit and, you know, connected to your TV? Are people buying consoles and just hooking them up to their, you know, computers in a small little like play corner that's for them? Uh, some, some are definitely, I know, I know some people uh, at the old day job who, you know, like the PS5 is for the man cave. Like it is, it is, you know, it's, it's for the way you play PC games when you have a free moment. You know, it's like, you know what? I forgot basement. man caves are a thing. My, my little corner exists as a corner, but it's still like, you know, it's a desk. It's a computer that I share and that like, you know, if my wife needed to use it, she could come sit. But I do forget that people like carve out little spaces for themselves. Um, yeah, and that, and you know how hardcore one is about it varies wildly. But but yeah, that that notion, right? That there is there's a place where where mom or dad or or whatever uh, goes to just to, to be alone for usually quite brief periods of time. Sometimes that is where a shiny new console ends up. You know. Yeah. So yeah, I, it's funny we we we've, we're getting on that hour mark and it, it, talking about the state of consoles. God, I hope I'm not. This isn't like in poor taste, but like it, it feels a little bland, almost, almost like we're talking about like I kind of how I, you know, you linked it to capitalism. I'm like, yeah, you, you really can. It, it, it sort of just feels like we're talking about marketing. And then it's like, you know, it starts to feel a little bit like are we are we sort of indirectly selling these things, which, you know, wasn't well, the intention we went into. I don't it's I don't know. It's just kind of funny how as a kid it used to feel like there was it was more substantive to you know what what console are you going to play and how does that matter and now it's sort of just like a more of a an economical decision in some ways you know like oh do i want this thing am i going to play this thing no oh, is it uh it's got that netflix on there it's uh you know i could play my my blu-rays or um yeah, or maybe not bland but sort of dry i don't know it's just it's it's funny cuz i i thought there'd be a little more substance to it but when you get down to it it's really just about like buying choices and, uh, i mean it's yeah it's weird to call it dry because people get so emotional about it but i think it feels dry because for, you, for for me specifically i'm not i'm not saying like the whole thing and because i mean obviously there's whole industries built on you know the hype machine and conferences and you know people do get really excited about that stuff and it's just, yeah yeah it's funny because i i just i'm so outside of it now um in a way that uh is very different when i was a kid you know, buying like electronic gaming monthly or like, <laughs> you know, wanting to like know what like the next thing was going to be and, you know, thinking about it in those terms like, oh, this is going to look so much better. And that's the other thing, too, right? It's like technology has sort of um, I mean, it hasn't stagnated, but, you know, things can only look so pretty, uh, at least where at least where we're at right now in, um in terms of the history of technology. Um I mean, let's talk about that maybe just for a minute. So, so do you see a big graphical jump from the PS4 to the PS5? I know you have a 4K TV, um, and you said there's options to take advantage of, like, you know, do you want performance or do you want, you know, um, some color? What, what do you? Is that is that even like a selling point anymore? Because that used to be like the selling point. Right, right. Well, and I mean, and you know, to be fair, the graphical difference between the PS2 and the PS1. Was maybe bigger than the graphical difference, but because oh, like it was nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's but, funny to look at how dated like PlayStation Two games are, but when you compare that to like PlayStation One, like it's crazy. Like it, it's 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 like like look at some of the cutscenes or even just the gameplay from like Final Fantasy Ten, and it's fucking madness compared to no, like completely, completely. <laughs> I mean, and, and like I I had in my head that maybe the PS Three to the PS Four was much less of a leap, but actually like looking back at the original Demon Souls, which to be fair was not the highest budget game in the world, 
like 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 I was playing the Demon Souls remake thinking I mean I guess like you know this is sort of how I remember it looking kinda which I think is a credit to Bluepoint right like they really did just like make it look the way you sort of remembered it looking or the way it looked in your head because then you look back at footage of the PS3 game and it's like holy shit how did I even know <laughs> what I was looking at some of the time here um, so I think like I, resolution is one of those interesting things where it always seems like a silly indulgence but then once you once you see the higher pixel count it can be a little hard to go back you know i think a lot of people who game in 1440 rather than 1080 even like find it difficult to go back because there's just like a little bit of extra detail so like you know miles morales in 4k is pretty cool like you know swinging through new york and and just like the detail and you know the the, the fabric on the suit like it, it, it is a difference i think the the more interesting question is does the difference matter Right. Like, I think I think there is a point of diminishing returns where graphics get better and better, but our brains also get better at expecting them to be better. So, like, is the effect that different? I mean, yes. But also my question was more like, is that even a selling point? Like, I mean, you're talking about how you encounter people who are excited or not excited about these new consoles. Like, are they saying things like that? Like, oh, this game looks amazing compared to, you know, the the current generation of like PS4 or Xbox One. Like, um I mean, because games look very pretty now, but yeah, to say that a game looks good doesn't, to me, doesn't, you know, harken back to the day of like talking about how a game looked good compared to the previous, you know, um, generation of consoles or, or even sometimes in the same life cycle, uh, just, you know, um, devs being able to get the most out of it. Like, you know, yeah, games yeah. at the beginning of the PlayStation 2's life cycle looked really good compared to the PS1 and then games at the end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle looked just really really good compared to the beginning of the playstation 2's life cycle so um yeah i, I don't i don't know yeah well i mean i i guess i, I do want to take one step back because i i don't want to i don't want to actually say that the original demon souls looks bad it doesn't it's actually really you know it's gorgeous in an ugly way it's a from software game you know um <laughs> but but it's like it you can add a basically infinite amount of detail right and the, and the question is like there could be situations where that actually diminishes i think there are a few monsters in demon souls that were were scarier when you had to you had to straight up squint to figure out what you were looking at right like that experience is actually valuable too and if you look at the art book like some of the old designs were arguably better than the new ones i would i would be in that lane right but but it's it, it comes back to two things i think you know number one you were talking about um, going back to old games and seeing them frozen in time. And part of what part of what irks me a little bit about the the remake culture such that it is, is that like you shouldn't just go back and, and check out the canon, <laughs> you know, for one thing, because the canon is going to get remade. And number two, because it's already the canon. What you want is the courage of your convictions to deal with the jank for some game no one's ever heard of that might be a favorite of yours if you give it a chance. You know what I mean? That's why access matters because there's 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 definitely stuff that isn't in the canon that's super worth checking out, right? Um, I, I, I wanted to get that in, but it isn't really an answer to your question. To answer your question, <laughs> I think the thing you're talking about with like, oh, this looks so much better is actually a form of fetishism that exists more on the PC side. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I've been looking at, been reading these comparisons between the new Nvidia cards and the new AMD uh, Radeon cards, and it's absurd, right? Like talking about how at 4K with everything turned up to ultra, this card can only get 120 frames a second, you know? And like, <laughs> if you turn ray tracing on, it goes down to 80. Like it's just not as good, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. ridiculous. No, I mean, I mean that that it's you're making you're kind of making my point, which is that yeah, like that that is sort of uh, endemic to the uh, the PC gaming culture as it were but that also used to be a thing with consoles and now i'm saying yeah over oh, sure that's sure. less of a thing with consoles it seems like consoles are more just about um 
I don't know. What? Why are people excited about cops? I'm not. Again, I'm not saying that to be like, you know, dismissive. I'm just realizing now. What are they selling you on? Is it just the name? Is it the brand? Is it the? Is is it in fact the exclusives? Like, you know, did people get excited about the PS5 because of specifically Demon Souls and Miles Morales? And um, I, I'm just sort of fascinated. There's a new, there's about, a new Sackboy game out too. Let's not forget that. I haven't played it, but. <laughs> But yeah, like that that's just I mean, is it just about owning the next thing? Is it is this in fact peak capitalism and brand loyalty where it's like we're not even really thinking about why we're excited about this thing anymore? It's uh it's fascinating to me. I mean, it's it's commodity <laughs> it's commodity fetishism in the full Marxist sense of the term where it's like we imbue spiritual value to the relationship relationships between things and markets. You know, like the console wars are 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 pure commodity fetishism <laughs> to a certain degree. Um <laughs> You know, partly it's partly it ain't that deep, right? Like it's just like 2020 has been a shitty year, and having a having a shiny new toy is a is a bright spot for some people. Um, yeah, and that's fair, and that's totally fair. And, I, and again, I I don't want to I want to make it clear I'm not like shitting on anybody. I'm just curious. No, I didn't think you were, but I also what? think for those of for those who don't build PCs or who just have a work PC that <laughs> they they either can't play games on because it's locked down or they just don't want to because bad screen. Yeah. Um, I think I think a generational leap is more exciting than it is to you or me because you know for, for you or me you know we're, we're we're throwing new parts in our PC whenever we feel like it's starting to get old and we're seeing that really nice performance if we want it and we're deciding how much we care but if you're on that cycle where you only literally get literally like, deciding how much it's worth yeah no I mean literally but but you know if you're if you're mostly an Xbox or a PlayStation player if you play most of the you know the big releases you know if, if you if you really are into those like those big blockbuster releases only getting a major spec upgrade every, you know, three and a half to seven years, of course it's going to be an event, you know, to a certain degree. You're going to get excited. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that that's that's a fair point. It is just funny to think about, yeah, because um, I have consoles in my house, and I just, I, like I said, having not bought one since the Wii, I can't remember the last time I was, like, excited about one. I mean, once it was in my hands, like, you know, I was, I was excited to play Bloodborne, and oh, Lord, do I love that game. It's good. It's a good. And now it lo- but, it loads uh, real fast on the PS5. Not that that's enough reason <laughs> to get a PS5. But oh, really? It lo- I mean, almost. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, I didn't have a PS4 at launch uh, when Bloodborne launched, but I heard horror stories. And uh, even now, just the load time compared to having played Dark Souls three on like uh, play on a PC. It's uh, I mean, that's that ain't not enticing. I haven't gone to a really nasty chalice dungeon to see if the frame rate is now rock solid, but the load times are much faster. Yeah. That's hilarious. And then, so they really carried that forward, like across titles. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's, I mean, some, some games actually have like a PS5 version, like like Miles, but but even ones that don't, yeah, there is, there are little tweaks. Um, sometimes you get like the new force feedback and the new controller. Um, they've tightened up load times where they can. Um, I think they've, uh, s- some of these settings that I'm seeing for, for graphical upgrades were probably for the PS4 Pro. You know, they, they aren't like bespoke for the PS5, but you have access to that stuff now. You can like decide whether you want performance or, or gorgeousness or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a luxury. <laughs> I mean, you know, and, you know, there, there's a certain argument that all consoles are luxury items, but it's also like a vector for one of the more important artistic, you know, mediums of our of our days. So, like, I, I, I want people to have access. So to think of it as a pure luxury item, especially when we get into exclusives, I do think it gets naughty, at least in my head. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I, if you don't feel excited about buying a PS5 in the near future, uh, number one, good. Cause you can't, but number two, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Right. Like it's, it's just, you're in, you're in a different place and you relate to games a bit differently. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I think that's just what it comes down to. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I guess, I guess if we have a message for the people, that's it, right? Like you're not required to engage with this stuff in any particular way, right? Like it's easy to get sucked into that hype machine and feel like you're some, you have to have a take or you, you know, at the very least, or beyond that, you have to have loyalty to one the brand or other or, or whatever, or, you know, Michelle is always on this thing. You don't have to play the big games at launch. You know, like you were saying, Luis, like you can, you can, you can play them later. You can not play them. It's really up to you. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess that would, that would be the, the state of consoles these days is it's, uh, it's much, I mean, you know, uh, PS5 shortage is notwithstanding. It's much more approachable than ever. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's really, it, it is mainstream. It is, uh, you know, a part of the, it's, it's as capitalist as, you know, um, buying a movie at the at the uh at the uh <laughs> the Walgreens rack and just pl- putting it in and playing it and it's uh yeah it's, it's it's just it's just a thing now it's funny to think of it that way just because of like how you know i don't even know if nuance is the right word but just just how um interconnected it is to my my childhood and i'm sure for the childhood of many millennials um, and that is why there's this, you know, sense of maybe sometimes brand loyalty and excitement because it takes us back to that place of like being a kid. And at the same time, it's just it's just a thing now. It's just like, you know, uh, oh, microwaves broken. I guess I should look at what uh, new microwaves they have and uh, all that stuff. And, you know, obviously, obviously most people don't buy consoles when the old one's broken. But I just mean like, you know, um, it's, it's more like, pla- yeah, planned like obsolescence. Said, yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just a it's just a another tool now, which is kind of cool. And maybe like a little, um, uh, demystifying a little bit as far as, like I said, it being linked to these feelings of childhood and stuff, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of an interesting thing. I have one last question on that note. Uh, maybe, maybe it's that your kids are the wrong age, uh, either too old to care or, or too young to be aware of it. But are, are are your kids at all aware that, that we've entered a new console generation? Do they, do they care on any level? (laughs) No, no, Lil. I mean, my so my oldest, sixteen, is that, and this is kind of you know one of the reasons like consoles are sort of uh, kind of the, the second thought um, for her. The first thought is accessibility. Um, totally, you know, she totally. she got a shout out in a previous episode, and we've talked about accessibility on the podcast, or I should say, you have. Um, with and, and uh, I, I can't, oh gosh, I think we still need to have her as a guest. Am I wrong? I feel like we didn't do that yet. We've never had <laughs> Haley on the show. That's uh, true. No, she got yeah. she got a we we passed along a question to Greg Haynes from Able Gamers from her, but she has not actually been on the cast yet. We got to make that happen. Yeah, um, yeah. First and foremost for her is accessibility. I mean, she just got uh, you know a new laptop because uh, she's oh my god, she's getting old enough to where she needs to start thinking about college and having her own you know uh, setup uh, as she goes forward. And so, you know, part of that is that, you know, her uncle, who is a, a, a um, computer engineer, has helped her set up, you know, a one-handed keyboard. And, you know, um, Uncle Drew, you were able to 3D print this little um, device that just lets the sw- uh, Switch controllers slide into kind of a one-handed um, uh, setup that she could, u- excuse me, use. And so the games that she's concerned with, yeah, are not graphically impressive because she's also visually impaired. So yeah, she doesn't have a pulse to, you know, what's new and amazing in the same sense. She's more concerned with, well, what can I play and what is fun? Which is one of the reasons like Nintendo is kind of, you know, the big thing in our household. And then for the younger one, he's not even, I think now that I think about it, I don't think he is even aware of what the console wars (laughs) kind of were or are as they exist now. Because like for him... Switching from the, you know, playing a game on the Switch to uh, the PlayStation 4 to the Wii U is like, it's just like, I want to play that game. He doesn't even think of it in terms of like, 
you know, if he didn't have it, he couldn't play it or like, you know, um, yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because, yeah, they're, they're, sort, they're sort of more leaning towards where I'm at, where it's like it's more about, you know, the game first, as it were, or like uh, I don't know if that's really making any sense. But all I mean is, yeah, to answer your question, they're not thinking about it in terms of like consoles. They're just thinking about it in terms of like I like game, I play game, <laughs> which is a much healthier way to. I mean, I feel like the kids are all right because this this to me is maybe um, related to the fact that like I don't hear the younger generation um, deifying game developers in the same way that we somewhat did, uh, not somewhat the way we super did. Um, which is for the best because, you know, like Phoenix my, ruined square, man. And it's, it's good because I mean, we're talking about a generation, you know, some of whom grew up on, uh, Minecraft, uh, and you know, notch is not a person that anybody should deify. Not, not that notch is Minecraft, right? Notch has been out of the picture for a while now, but you know, it's, it's healthy to not, you know, quite, to not buy into the hype, I suppose. Right. To, I mean, at the end of the day, these are machines that we use to play games. And so to be more excited about the games seems to me pretty legit. Yeah. I'd agree. That's a good place to leave it. Well, welcome to Gen 9, dear listener. <laughs> hope you're hope you're having a good Gen 9, if indeed you're participating in it. And I mean, you know, you probably are, because you probably have messed with a Switch at least a little bit. And it's, it's I guess, the vanguard of, of Gen 9. Um, yeah, I'll definitely have some hot takes for Gen 9 in about a year and a half when uh, <laughs> Drew and Ben inevitably buy me a uh, PlayStation 5, just so I can play Demon Souls. I'm keeping my character at pure white tendency so I can just wreck stuff and co-op with you guys. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. And well, I mean, we'll, you know, maybe, maybe you'll have hot takes if the switch plus does in fact happen next year, but I, I don't know. I mean, the switch is working pretty well. This is, it's funny. I, I don't know where the switch needs to really get better when our friend Ben likes Nintendo, but he also wishes Nintendo would be kind of approach consoles the way that we've just talked about the consoles approach consoles and they don't. He, want, he wants really the luxury by that because yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't bother me at all that Nintendo games don't look as good as other games. Um, and I don't I don't I don't ever find myself going like, man, I just wish this looked a little better. I guess. OK, slight lie. Uh, Breath of the Wild in 60 frames per second and 1080 would be pretty amazing. But uh... <laughs> I, well, yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I, I booted up the uh, the Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity demo and I, I did have like I had been playing. Uh, Miles Morales that day and it wasn't that it looked bad it looks really good actually it was just the, my my brain did go whoa like this this is this is different <laughs> like I am um or like booting up Animal Crossing or whatever not that that's apples to apples not that either of those are but it's just like it it is that interesting thing where absolutely nobody you know is gonna miss 4k or HDR or ray tracing or whatever until you've seen it at which point it may or may not bother you, but you're going to notice when it's not there, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing, Ben, you know, Ben, uh, Ben works super hard and he game, he wants games to, to feel luxurious and, and like a, like a warm cocoon of, of, of perfect experience. And, you know, Nintendo for him doesn't do that. Right. <laughs> Whereas yeah. you know, he has like an Xbox elite controller, whatever it's called. Um, that's what he wants. Maybe Nintendo takes us there, but they, you know, they've, they've done very well being the, the, the console maker of the people. Yeah, it's fair. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Uh, you can uh, find the show everywhere podcasts are a thing, including but not limited to where you are listening to it right now. If you want to support us and you're able to do so, you can do so at patreon.com slash E-T-A-O. Thanks tremendously to our current patrons with a very special thanks to the mysterious Ian K., Lucas Kosin, and Darth Raptora. 
the Everybody's Talking to Ones podcast is hosted and produced by me, Drew Messenger Michaels, uh, along with, hey, 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 who, who's this guy over here? Is that Lucio Valentino? Yeah. Lucio. That's Lucio. Uh, and Francis Michelle Cannon. Uh, you can find everything we do podcast-wise at etaopod.com, and you can find all our writing and videos and whatnot as well at etao.blog. Thanks for listening. Do you want to say goodbye? Bye. <laughs> that's, that's the stuff. <laughs>